Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, I came across a favorite old movie of mine, Dead Poets Society, in which the late, great Robin Williams plays an unconventional teacher at an elite boys' school. And while watching it, I realized something about myself, and I wonder if it's true for you too. From the moment the movie started, even though I've probably seen it five times, I was completely hooked. For about the first third of the movie, as the characters developed and relationships grew, I, I loved every minute of it. And then somewhere around the second third, like most movies, the plot took a more serious turn. I mean, this is how most movies work, right? Or, or really any kind of story. The first third develops the characters, the second third introduces the problem, and the third third resolves that problem. And as I watched Dead Poets Society this time, I got to the second third, and I found myself wanting to press fast forward. I wanted to skip all of the hard stuff, you know, with Neil and his dad, and, and just go straight to the ending where everything gets resolved. And I realized that I feel this way a lot about movies. The first third, so much fun. The third third, often even better. But I don't know, maybe it's because it's been such a rough year. But lately, when it comes to the second third, I'd be just fine skipping right over it. In the Gospels, the stories of Jesus' life, the first third introduces us to the characters. Jesus, crazy John the Baptist, the clueless disciples, the uptight Pharisees. And along the way, a few problems present themselves, but nothing Jesus can't handle. So it's fun to read. And I bet it was also fun to be one of the disciples. I imagine them regularly turning to one another and saying, Oh my God, how cool is this? Traveling all around the country, crowds cheering for them at every stop, Jesus turning water into wine every night. Well, come on, you don't think that was the only time he pulled that trick. But at some point, in each of the Gospels, Jesus starts dropping hints that things aren't always going to be this way. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Matthew 17, 22. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. Luke 13, 33. And Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. John 12, 7. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Mark 8, 31. At each of these points, it's safe to say that the story has entered the second third. And how do the disciples react? Well, they too would rather hit fast forward. 
Hold on a minute, they say. This is, this is not the plot we had in mind. Always the first to speak up, Peter says in Matthew, God forbid it. This must never happen to you. And by you, I think Peter mostly means me. To which Jesus memorably replies, Get behind me, Satan, for Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. And if the disciples aren't with him, then they're against him. And this all comes to a head in what we call Holy Week, that week between Jesus' triumphal entrance into Jerusalem that we celebrate today and his resurrection next Sunday that we call Easter. Holy Week is not just about Jesus and his suffering. It's also about the disciples and their failing courage in the face of that suffering. It's about Judas who betrays him and Peter who denies him and the rest of them who sooner or later scatter into the crowds. Stay awake with me, Jesus begs in the Garden of Gethsemane. But literally and figuratively, they can't. One by one, they fall asleep to the pain around them. Now, I think we can feel some empathy for the disciples, especially after the year we've had. Facing suffering around us or within us is never easy. I was reminded again of this fact, hearing the news of the shootings this past week, first in Georgia and then so close to home for us. And it took me a while before I could even sit down and read more than the headlines. And even then, at first, I couldn't really take it in. It was learning about the police officer and his seven children that finally cracked open my heart and the tears came. Pain is so hard our own or others. The second third of the story is almost unbearable sometimes. And we argue with God, why must there be a second third uh, at all? Why so much suffering? And God, at least in my experience, often doesn't answer. But if we choose in this life to put our faith in God even a sometimes silent God, then we choose to trust that the second third is necessary or at least unavoidable for reasons we don't get to know. And we also choose to trust that we can make it through such times. This past year, in many ways, has been one long Holy Week with more suffering and challenge than we thought we could handle. And blessedly, the virus seems to be in retreat. Easter feels close by, both on the calendar and in our hearts. But the truth is, the damage this virus has wreaked across our globe and in our communities and in our own bodies, well, it's still there. And I know we're tired. And I know we want and need Easter and spring and new life to be here soon. But since it is Palm Sunday, it seems right to ask if we can live with the hope of Easter without skipping over the reality that still thousands of people have lost their jobs and their health care and their homes and their loved ones. As we enter this week of Jesus' passion, can we find the strength to keep sharing compassion 
for those for whom Easter is not yet on the horizon? Can we keep reaching out to the neighbor who needs someone to talk to and the stranger who needs to know that someone cares? Because this side of heaven, the truth is, things don't work quite the way they do in the movies. In some areas of our lives, new stories might be just starting with new characters and new plots, while at the same time, in other areas, a storyline might be coming to an end, and in still others, we find ourselves in that second third. It's like we're always living in all three thirds. And so the message this Palm Sunday is a simple one. Trust that you have within you the strength and around you the grace to stay awake with Jesus, even through the parts of this life that you might rather fast forward.